all the racing news and people from around Victoria, racing's greatest state. Welcome along to Coleraine, Bendigo, Ballarat, Waterball, Bet365, Geelong. And good morning, everybody, from Swan Hill. Welcome to the South Turf Club. Already. Ah! Off they go. For Country Racing Victoria, this is the Country Racing Show. Where we belong, country racing strong, it's got it all. Certainly has at 26 to 12, and Nikita Ross joins me. Nikita, hope you had a wonderful Christmas. Thank you, Sean. It was nice. Uh, obviously, a fantastic time. Just get away with the family and uh, and spend some good time there. So, um, hopefully, you had a, an enjoyable one yourself, and not uh, no more flooding. No, thank goodness, no. I had a little uh, accident in the place where, uh, and I'll tell you now, for anybody, we all got these now home, and if I can give you a little tip, rip them out and change them now, uh, where you have a, a loo, the system goes to the wall, there's little flexible hoses with the silver on them, they're also under your vanities and places like that, and your kitchen sinks, well I had one of those blow about three, four days before Christmas, and flooded half my place, and uh, I've been living for a week, Nikita, in a joint that has been putridly hot because they've had dehumidifiers and industrial fans blowing to want to dry stuff out. Carpets come up, floorboards, have got, the floating floors got to come up. You couldn't believe the damage the rotten thing's done. And the insurance guy said to me, they actually uh, don't pressure test them, a lot of them. And he said, mate, they've only got a warranty on them for 10 years. He said, but you should pull them out and replace them after five. So... Go and have a look at yours. I'd hate to see what happened to me happen to you, I can tell you. My joint looks like a bombsite at the moment. (laughs) Not ideal. And, of course, everyone goes on holidays at Christmas, so they don't worry about those things for another few weeks. um, There's no one coming for a few weeks. I'll give you the tip, never mind. (laughs) Hey, did you get out to a meeting at all over the Christmas break? There's been, If you didn't then, there's plenty coming up, isn't there? Yeah, there absolutely is. I've got Burrum Beat locked in on New Year's Day. Can't wait to get out there and a few others um, lined up. Hanging Rock, Great Western, I can't wait. I've heard really good things about. So now I've got quite a few that uh, I'm going to tick off the bucket list over the next few weeks, uh, kicking off with Burrum Beat on New Year's Day. But uh, there are absolutely stacked all over the state. It's just a, a fantastic time for country racing, that's for sure. I was thinking you could almost put a map of Victoria up on a, on a notice board somewhere on a pin board and just stick the pins into all the tracks you've been to. Uh, I imagine you've been to quite a few already. Yeah, I've been to a few, especially uh, probably double the amount I've ever been to since I started working with country racing, but uh, it's something I really enjoy and um, you know, getting to the smaller tracks or the, the, the clubs that only hold one or two meetings a year. I just think you can't beat the atmosphere at those particular meetings. We saw a few on Boxing Day, of course. Uh, Neil and Kerrang, along with Geelong, um, all held Boxing Day meetings. And we know it was a really warm day, but, um, yeah, great racing action, that's for sure. And some of the other meetings, I spoke to Natalie Burton, I think a day or two ago, from the Merton Picnic Race Club. I was absolutely astonished because they have six races and 134 nominations. Yeah, it's fantastic, isn't it? It's just—I think it's a well-known thing. It's, it's participants, it's um, spectators, it's everyone just enjoys getting to those smaller country tracks. You can get up close to the racing action, the relaxed atmosphere, and you just can't beat it. So that's terrific for the club that um, that they've got a, a high number of nominations. There's no airs and graces. It's just a great day out, and it reminds me of when I was a kid in Queensland, started calling races, and I'd go to the bush meetings, Gundawindi and these places, and Chinchilla and Dolby and whatever, and it was absolutely fantastic. I look back on those very, very fondly indeed, and the picnic races, those picnic meetings, I just think they're, they're brilliant. 
Yeah, could not agree more. I went to a yay a couple of weeks ago and just a, a really nice atmosphere. Everyone takes their deck chairs and, uh, and sits under the trees and it's just a, a great way to enjoy uh, the country races, that's for sure. And, of course, with all the um, the kids' merchandise packs and kids' sporting activities that we've got on, there's no reason why you couldn't take the kids along and enjoy a family day out over the, uh, over the holiday period. We're looking at uh, country racing. And uh, as I said, we've got plenty on this weekend. There's lots of venues you can head to to, uh, to find a race meeting. And uh, Nikita, we're going to catch up with Ben Brisbane in uh, just a moment as well because uh, he's got horses going pretty well everywhere as well, including mainly Wangaratta in the Valley. Yeah, he, he does, Cosie. Uh, a host of runners in at Wangaratta, his home track there, also the Valley and uh, Hanging Rock, um, even up to Gundagai on uh, on the 1st of January as well, and uh, as well as Flemington. So three different venues on New Year's Day, uh, as well as uh, tackling uh, with a host of runners at his hometown track at Wangaratta Friday. So a big weekend for Ben Brisbane. Now, Nikita, Ben's joining us, and you can quiz him. How many other places is he going to go to? Ben, thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll kick off by congratulating you on your um, 100 winner milestone recently that you notched up at your home ta- home track of Wangaratta. That must have been a huge thrill. Yeah, no, thanks very much, Jen. It's nice to get to that, that sort of um, milestone, and now we've just got to focus on getting another zero on the end of it. Now, Ben, we notice you, you're heading off everywhere. You've got uh, a host of runners going around at, uh, at Wangaratta on uh, Friday. And I've noticed a couple of your horses are by a sire called Atomic, who we don't see a lot of. He was very quick. He won. He, he ran about 56.2 at Sandown, his, his first start, and ran around the last 632.9. And then something went wrong in the Blue Diamond. He never raced again. Have, do you know much about him, or was it just coincidence you've got two by him? No, I, I don't know much about the sire at all. But really, apart from he stands over there towards Horsham Way, um, and John Satini has a lot of horses in me to sent a number of mares to him. Uh, and we've got a couple there that go quite nicely. So um, we don't really mind what they're by as long as they can run. Now, you've got Wangaratta. You've got quite a few going around there. Uh, explosive picture. He's one of the Atomics. And uh, ran close up fourth the other day at Narendra. Yeah, she, has, she shows fancy um, at home, and she had a disappointing first prep. Uh, but she looks to have come back better. Um, she actually... At the halfway mark last week at the Mount Randra, she was probably five or six lengths off from the second last horse. So she did a really good job to wrap on home and only get beat a couple of lengths. Um, up in trips, the 1100 will suit. Home track looks great. Just looking at her right now, actually. And um, yeah, she, she can certainly run a drum in that field. Sweet Beluga. Which, did you scratch your head after the previous start when she you put in a good run first up? Yeah, complete disaster. Um, it was just a really messy race. Uh, with a lot of horses that sort of knocked her around and she got shuffled back and by the time she was getting into the race it was all over but uh, she looks great track work's been super um, barrier one's always an advantage um, and uh, she can certainly run top three or four as well Alright, now you get a lovely filly by Nostradamus for telling having its first start in the main you put a, a shout out roll on, has it been getting its head up? No, I like to run majority of my horses in the, in the saddle roll just a, a personal uh, preference um, she's a nice silly to go going forward. She, she's going to want a lot further than the 1400. She's probably a, a dead cat 2000 metre horse. So um, she's probably going to need the run this time in, this time round. But uh, she needs to start somewhere. Um, and why not a home track on a, a beautiful surface? 
Ben, it's interesting. Peter Moody is one who's adopted the shadow role, and basically every horse goes around that on. Do you find it helps just make him concentrate a bit? Well, it's a, it's something I actually my father used on all his runners uh, when he was training in the UK, and it, it certainly doesn't make him run any slower. So um, I'm happy to sort of carry on that family tradition of running him in the nose role. I was about to say, it's almost obligatory in the UK, isn't it? You see so many of them with them on. Yeah, yeah, and I find it's quite helpful visually um, over here when not as many stables use them, so it's good. It's a nice way to just pick your horses out in the run to see where they're at. Now, Diesel, you were very, very confident first up at Wangaratta. He's got knocked off that day, but since we're on around a good fourth at Sandown. Yeah, it was an interesting race because... Um, we actually wanted to ride him quiet at Sandown, and uh, he ended up outside the leader, probably overdid it again the first half of the race, then looked completely gone at the turn. But then last 200, he actually picked up again and went forward. So I think he's just a, a very um, immature mentally horse, mental horse. He's, his track works super. He looks great. I think we're, we're definitely going to ride him quiet tomorrow uh, with cover and just give him time to relax early and then go through his gears. Um, we gave him a jump out last week, doing that, doing doing that in practice, and and he was super to the line. So he only needs to bring his track work to the races, and um, he'll be super hard to beat. Oceans of Stanima, you got the money with last start at Albury. That uh, that raced well that day. Yeah, great. He's a lovely little horse, actually, and um, and uh, we just not that we took a couple of runs to work him out, but he uh, we took a couple of runs just to get the right the right uh, running pattern. He's a a get-back horse that likes a good track uh, and likes to come round him, but he's he's uh, he's still on the right side of the handicap for a feel. Uh, he gets a nice claim with Fiona Sankul, who won him last start, um, and I reckon he can be very competitive in that field. All right, Redneck Princess. Good third the other day at Wang. Yeah, she's an enigma. She um, can mix her form a little bit, and uh, she ran super in a hot race here, two starts back, which ran second. Uh, an event from 64, and then you think she would have won the North 58, but ended up running third, where she was probably just in front too long. Um, back to the 1,000, better class, down in the weight. Would have liked a better draw with her, but she'll do no work in the run, and, and let's hope she can run over the top of them late. All right, now you've got a couple going to Mooney Valley, Atomic Selfie, and end of winter. Yeah, Atomic Selfie uh, kicking off this prep. Would have liked a better barrier. We're just going to have a look at the race and see whether we think she can be competitive from that barrier before we um, fully commit to running her. But uh, she's a horse that's done everything right in the country and she just needs to take that next step now to metro level. Um, she can get she can get the favours with the mayor's allowance um, and certainly pick off a, a benchmark 64 in town over the summer months. All right, end of winner by Brace and Bow. All of a sudden, he's, oh, I had one by Brace and Bow, and it couldn't be time with a stick, Ben, I can tell you. But now, they all of a sudden are starting to win. Yeah, she's a really nice horse. Um, she was an absolute lunatic to break in, um, but she came good towards the back of her two-year-old career. We gave her a start, um, which she took really good experience out of. Thought she'd be a, a springtime three-year-old, but she just had a, She just needed a bit more time. Her needs were a bit immature, so we gave her the time. She's come back great. I thought she won super um, at Wangaratta last week, and we sort of ran her that day because we had this race in mind uh, where she is super vobus, and I thought it might have just come up a little bit weaker than it has. But um, I think she's more than entitled to go and have a 
have a shot at that better grade, and uh, it was sort of, you know, there's a sort of a mix, mixture of handicap race horses in that uh, field, and it will sort of just tell us where we are at the moment. But um, I think he's a metro class horse. Now, Ben, you continue on, uh, as we mentioned, all over the state over the next few days, uh, including taking two to Hanging Rock on uh, Sunday, Diamonds and Pearls and Del Viento. Uh, can you give us a push for either one of those? They're both going around in Maidens. Yeah, well, both thought uh, Diamonds and Pearls especially, if she just brings her track work to the races once in her career, she'll break her maiden. But we've um, placed her in some pretty soft races and she hasn't got the job done yet. But... Uh, you know, it's a quirky little track hanging rock, and she's rock hard fit and looks great. Um, you couldn't trust her, but uh, if she brings her track work to the races, then she's she's a favourite chance. Uh, and Dal Viento, he the horse is very well. Um, he's been running super, but seems to find bad luck in his run in every time every time he goes round. So he's uh, he's more than got the ability to get the job done, but uh, he'll need everything to go right on the day. Now, you've also got runners at Gundagai and, uh, and Flemington as well, Ben. Can you give us a push for your best couple of chances over the next few days? Um, you're actually super rousy that's going around at Flemington on Sunday. I, I really like him. Um, he's done nothing wrong his last sort of three or four starts in town. He's won a couple of them. Um, he's up in the handicap, but he's not up in the weights when we claim with Hannah Edgley. So he, he goes round with, with 59.5 kilos, good barrier. He'll do no work in the run. Um, I thought it was a race that there was a number of sort of stayers that were resuming in it, uh, and he'll be able to start in front of them, and I don't think they'll get past him when the sprint goes on. So I thought he was a dead set top three chance, um, and maybe even a you know a really good chance of giving me my first winner at Flemington, which would be nice. Now, Ben, how did the roads take you from the cool of England to the, I'd say, quite warm areas of Wangaratta? Yeah, the that's basically it, you know. I was sick of working winters in the UK, so uh, it was time to have a look, at, have a bit of a look around the world. And um, Melbourne was the first stop, and it's as far as we got. Um, yep. There was just, you know, it was apparent as soon as we got here, there was plenty of opportunities for someone that wanted to put the work in and and, and have a crack, and, and that's what we're doing. And for those who don't realise, in England it can be dark basically until ten in the morning, and then start getting dark at three o'clock in the afternoon in the depth of winter. Yeah, and I was but um, I spent four and a half years there with Nicky Henderson, which is his leading dump trainer. So um, you know, the busiest time of the year there was the winter. winter. So there was no getting away from it. Tell you what, I went to Aintree one year to the Grand National, and I, I couldn't believe how big the jumps were. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. No, that's um, it's one thing I do. I do. I do still follow it, and um, I'd love to take a horse back there to Royal Ascot or something one day, and. Uh, you know, show them all what they missed out on. And the the horses, the the, the jumpers are, are quite large. They're almost bred to be jumpers, aren't they? Absolutely. They, you know, they're sort of run round at sort of even times for three miles, and uh, they're beautiful animals. They're so well looked after, and they're, they're great because they've got such a longevity to their career. You know, they, they only start when they're four, those jumpers, or three, uh, and carry on right through to they're sort of 10 or 12 years old, so there's some real cult favourites out there which um, it's great to get behind and, and get to see him going round each season I'll never forget, I was talking to a mounted policeman there and he was on some warm blood that he got from Belgium and yeah. it was like uh, uh, mountainous it had feet on it like dinner plates I said mate you'll be shooting this with an upper railway line 
It was huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's big horses out there, all right. <laughs> well, good luck over the, the the New Year's break. Let's hope you bring in the New Year with a couple of winners. Ben, good on you. Good luck. That'd be great. Thanks very much. Thanks, love, Ben Bruce. But he's tell you what, he's got a few horses going around there, Nikita, isn't he? Absolutely. The uh, take a yeah. Logistics would be a very tricky working out with uh, so many different tracks, but obviously. Uh, recent milestone in under-training wins. Uh, a fantastic effort for Ben there. All right. Now, Nikita, I was almost going to say for our next guest, Nikita, you go to your corner. This young lady can go to hers. And when they come out, I'd suggest you run, Nikita, because we've got an Australian champion joining us, Dakota Keen. Hi, Dakota. Hi, how are you? Very well. And you are an Australian champion at boxing. Yes, I was. That's correct. Well, you're always being an Australian champion. You, you won the title. Just take us back through your, your boxing career before you became apprenticed. Yeah, so um, when I was probably um, around 11 or 12, I went with a family friend to a local boxing gym um, just for a little bit of fun. And and then I actually started really enjoying it. And um, that turned into a few sparring sessions on a weekend after school and... Then it ended up turning into a little career. Well, it was more than a little career because you what were you, you won the Australian 50 to 52 kilo title, is that correct? Yeah, I did in Perth. And you represented Australia as well, I believe. Um, yes, yeah, so I made the Australian team, yep. For Commonwealth Games or Olympics, what was it? Um, so if you make the team, then you head towards um, the Commonwealth Games, which I was heading towards, but... Um, that required to live at Canberra at the AIS. Um, so that's when I stopped to start um, riding. Now, Dakota, I'll give you some inspiration here because there's another jockey, actually a good mate of mine, who was a Golden Gloves boxing champion. Yep. <laughs> His name's Wayne Harris. He won the 1994 Melbourne Cup on Joan. That's, um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. He's a good guy. Nikita, Dakota, I, I just think when you get off of somebody says, Dakota, that was a bad ride, they're not going to say that ever to you. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> Dakota, tell us a little bit about your background. You've only recently started riding. Uh, the 10th of December you made your riding debut, and since then you've had 10 rides and fought some pretty astute trainers as well, um, Clayton Douglas, Lindsay Smith, Paddy Payne, just to name a couple. So, it must be pleasing to get those kind of opportunities so early on. Yeah, it's really pleasing. Um, starting out can be a little bit tricky, but um, for those for those trainers to put me on is pretty good. Um, I appreciate their support, and so far it's going good. Now, Dakota, what a, a day. Sorry, Nikita. Yeah. What, what a day looks like um, for you, Dakota. Um, what do you do in a day? Um, so I obviously start track work at Tony's. About 4.30 in the morning. Um, I finish up about uh, around 10.30 if um, it's just a normal morning, if it's not jumped out for anything. I um, usually head home, um, might go for a little workout. Sometimes I go boxing just for fitness. Um, and, yeah, that's that's kind of it for me during the day. Now, Dakota, you've got a couple of um, rides at the Woodford meeting at Warrnambool there on Saturday. You must be looking forward to that. Uh, the barrier gods haven't been super kind to you. You've drawn a little bit wide on both, but uh, talk us through both your runners that you've got for Aaron Purcell there. Yes, they um, haven't drawn the greatest, which is a bit unlucky for me. Um, but, no, I'm looking forward to that meeting. It's a good meeting to ride at. Um, it's good to ride at my 
home local track. Um, for Aaron, um, he's a local trainer, and I've known him for quite a while, so I'm really looking forward to it. Now, Dakota, you, with weight, as I said, you you fought in the 50 to 52 kilo range when you were boxing. What weight do you get around at now for riding? Um, at the moment, my weight's roughly between 51 and 53 at the moment, which I'm pretty happy with. Now, do you find that your background in boxing and your fitness is a real help to you? Because boxers have got to be damned fit in the legs and, and everywhere. Yeah, definitely. Um, boxing is probably a little bit harder, um, but they're both. Uh, pretty different uh, in different ways, you know. Riding, race riding, fitness is completely different to boxing fitness, but um, they're both sports that you have to be physically fit for. So they are similar in those type of ways. Now, I, was, I used to go to Caulfield every morning. And there was a boxer who was basically Australian world standard would go there. Uh, we couldn't believe it. He would run backwards around Caulfield racetrack wearing heavy work boots. <laughs> and I said, "Why are you doing that?" And he said, "Well, in a boxing bout." You're not always on the front foot. If the opponent takes it up to you, you're going backwards a lot. So you've got to be fit and not knock up. Did you find? Did, did you do like bizarre exercises like that when you were boxing? Uh, yes, we did do a lot of bizarre footwork exercises. Um, there was a lot of. Um, we'd get our feet tied together. We'd get them tied apart. Um, there was a lot of different ones you wouldn't even think of that we'd have to do. <laughs> Painful. Um, yeah, some of them could be. Um, footwork is actually a massive part of boxing. That's probably um, one of the hardest things to get your head around um, following your partner. So, yeah, there's a lot of different tricky exercises to learn. I thought when you said you got involved in boxing, there may have been a bully big brother or something, and you thought, I'll sort him out. I'll go to the gym and there won't be any more problems from him. No, that wouldn't, no. Well, Dakota, um, last one from me. I, I just want to know, I guess, you know, obviously very successful at boxing. When was it or what was it that made you want to become a jockey? Um, probably um, Jake Noonan and his partner, Mariah Minsky, um, seeing their horses and seeing, um, watching Jake and learning a little bit more about racing, um, riding horses on a weekend. It probably interested me a lot and... Um, when I really learned about what it like was being a jockey and riding at the track, um, yeah, it really interested me. And the good thing is with Tony Noonan, he's a very intelligent man. He was a Marist Brothers teacher, um, and he's taken horses all around the world and um, good mates with guys from overseas, the whole lot. So there's a lot of background experience to draw on there. Yeah, Tony, Tony's been a massive help. Um, basically, when I started working for him, I knew nothing. Um, he really had to teach me. Even my times, um, fast work, he's, he's really taught me all that. So um, without Jake and Tony, I wouldn't know much. <laughs> well, I saw one interview and he said that you brought great energy to the track. Yeah, I, sometimes I think I bring too much to work for him. <laughs> <laughs> Better that way than walking in flat. Yeah, exactly. He'd keep a smile on his face. Well, we wish you all the best on the weekend, Nikita and I. We hope that first winner comes up for you, Dakota. Me too. Thanks for having me. That's a pleasure. Good luck. Thanks. Bye. Dakota Keen. And uh, what a fascinating career she's had, Nikita. Absolutely. I, I love those stories as well, Cosy. People that don't come from a, a racing family mm. background, they, they know nothing. They start working for a trainer get mentored, and then all of a sudden they're a jockey and hopefully notching up her first winner very, very soon. But uh, fingers crossed, 
yeah, that is sooner rather than later for Dakota, but uh, she's a, a lovely young girl by the sounds of it and uh, hopefully a long career ahead of her. It's interesting, uh, the great Theo Green, who was one of the best masters ever of apprentices in Australia, and absolutely fascinating because he'd done boxing as well, and he would teach all the guys to box. Um, in those days, that there weren't the girls' apprentice when Theo was there, and guys like Darren Beedman, Gordon, or Sid Sphinx, as he was known, was apprentice there, David Green. He turned out all these wonderful apprentices, but he taught them boxing because it was discipline and made them be disciplined. And um, he often said he didn't care if they came to him with absolutely no experience because it meant no one had taught them bad habits. Yes, well, it's a fantastic point. And as we know, it's so important to have that fitness um, as a jockey. So uh, they go well together, don't they? They certainly do. Now, what caught your eye as we wrap up over the last week or so? Well, there was a, uh, a milestone at... Tony Creek there earlier in the week. Rory Hunter had his first ever runner as a trainer, and it was a winner. So Songer was able to get the job done there at Stony Creek, which is a fantastic effort. Rory has another horse uh, in at the Woodford meeting at Warrnambool on Saturday. So uh, what a way to, to kickstart your career with uh, the first runner being a winner, Cozzy. All right. Well, what caught my eye was someone I mentioned recently, Ryan Houston. He came out and rode a double the other day and rode them an absolute treat, which I thought was fantastic. And the other thing that caught my eye was the form Craig Froggy Newton. I knew what it was in at the moment. He's absolutely flying, Froggy. He's riding brilliantly and uh, just knocking up, getting the winners and rating them perfectly. So I thought two jockeys, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, no doubt. And Ryan has a uh, has a large book of rides as well at, uh, at Warrnambool on Saturday. So uh, you never know, hopefully can notch up a, another couple as well. All right, terrific. Good on you, Nikita. Have a great week. And uh, where are you off to New Year's Day? Uh, New Year's Day, I'll be at Burrumbeet. I'm looking forward to uh, making my debut there. But, um, yeah, as so many meetings, Cosy, coming up. The dual code meeting, Harness and the Gallops tonight at Cranbourne. That'll be great. Woodford Cup, as we mentioned. Woolamai. Uh, the Merton Cup, Burren Beat, and then New Year's Day at the Rock as well. So, so many meetings. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting out to a couple and then be back joining you in the studio next Thursday. Terrific. Good on you, Nikita. Have a wonderful New Year and uh, make one resolution. That's not to make any resolutions. Just enjoy life. <laughs> Thanks, Cosby. Good on you, Nikita.